Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. This morning, um, I'd like to speak to you from out of the book of uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. There's a bit of a story with this message because... um, On Wednesday, I sat down and I started to write a message for today. And then uh, as I started to get into it, I finished it. And then I thought, you know what? That's part two. So on Thursday, I wrote part one. (laughs) So today, you're going to get part one. And next week, God willing, I'll bring part two, unless he cuts in on me and says, no, not that. (laughs) So Philippians... Chapter 3, verses 7 to 14, and and I've titled this message, Forgetting Those Things. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already retained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And that was from the New King James Version, but I just want to read a little bit from the King James just to bring something else out here. Who knows the Version uh, app on on the phone? Yeah. Do you know if you go into the King James Version and download the audio version... It's read by Sir David Suchet. (laughs) So I listen to that all the time. So I listen to a lot of the King James Version. Just an aside. Yay, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were made perfect already, but I follow after 
If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark, thank you darling, of the high, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word in this house. We thank you that your word is truth and your word is so powerful and appropriate and accurate. And God, I just ask this morning that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. And I thank you that you have because this is your word and you are faithful to your word. God, that as I speak these words today, they won't be my words, but your words through me. Lord God, I just give you all the praise and all the honour and all the glory because it's all about you. I pray for my brothers and sisters here and those listening online that you would give them the capacity to receive from you today that which you would have them carry away and continue to build into their lives the strength that you have for them to walk in you. In Jesus' mighty name. We pray and everyone says, Amen. So, some months ago I spoke um, to you out of Philippians chapter 2. And at that time I talked about the fact that Philippi was a city of, uh, capital city of Macedonia. And it was named after Philip, uh, the king of Macedonia. So, it's just a little bit of background. It was written by Paul when he was a prisoner. So, all these words that we're reading today uh, come from Paul when he was in prison. What an incredible thing that is, isn't it? You know, I I wonder sometimes if we got locked up or persecuted for Christ, whether we would be sitting there writing to people and encouraging them or I think I'd be sucking my thumb and rocking in a corner. But that's me. (laughs) Sometimes we've got to bypass the flesh and get into the spirit, don't we? So Paul was a prisoner and it was in Rome around the 62 AD period. And Paul was part of the um, church planting that brought the church to Philippi as well. Um, Paul uh, received a vision in the night of a man from Macedonia telling him to go and to help with the work in Philippi. And um, that man of Macedonia prayed over him in the spirit. And that's just amazing. And so Paul went to Philippi. He suffered a lot in Philippi. He was, he was beaten. He was, he was scourged. He was locked up. He was persecuted. And yet Paul had this incredible love for the church at Philippi. And out of the, the church at Philippi, Lydia was one of the converts. One of the jailers was a convert and there were a few more. And so it was a church that had small beginnings. And, you know, that, that speaks to me of the fact that no matter whether there's two or three or 20 or 200 or 2,000, the small beginnings, God starts somewhere as a small beginning. And we need to be grateful and thankful. Also, that what comes through in this book is that Paul, even though he was so persecuted and um, he suffered so much there, yet it didn't deter him and it didn't affect his spirit. He still had such a love for God and love for the church. And we must never forget that the church is what Christ died for. And so the church is worth being persecuted for sometimes. And if we need to be persecuted, God gives us the strength to go through that as well. But 
let's get into this. You know, that way, you know, God gets all the glory because it's all about him, isn't it? Verse 8, yet indeed I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Suffering the loss of all things, Paul talks about the fact that everything that he'd lost he considered as rubbish in his life. The trials that he'd gone through and we don't know the full effect of what he had released or been been through or what had been taken from him when he he who was a persecutor of the church of Christ until he had a revelation of who Jesus really was he was all out he was from the tribe of Benjamin a Pharisee of Pharisees and he was on and about you know pulling down this movement of Jesus and then he had this conversion experience so much so that he can sit in jail and say everything that was before was loss was dung, rubbish. He's, and I, I love the fact that he's not talking about what he lost. He's just, it's a passing comment. But he's talking about the fact that all those things he lost are worth nothing, rubbish, dung. And, and that dung is refuse or animal excrement, offscourings, rubbish, dregs of things that are worthless and detestable compared to the amazing awesomeness of gaining Christ and being found in him. And I think about, you know, my conversion and think about the things that used to worry me before I, I took, took on board the, the fact that Jesus had died for me and, and saved me. And I'll get into that a bit later. But, you know, all the things that we worry about before we realise we have this revelation of who Jesus is... And then sometimes the things we worry about when we are in Christ. You know, if Paul can write from prison and say, I count all these things as rubbish, as dung, compared to the incomparable and indescribable awesomeness of having Jesus and being found in him. I mean, what a perspective that is, isn't it? He was so Christ-focused... And he was so heaven-bound that everything before that he'd walked in and he'd walked through that wasn't Christ-related or God-inspired, he considered rubbish. And I think about, you know, the things that used to worry me. And you might be thinking about those things that might worry you too. But compared to what Christ has done for us and the life that he's planned for us and the things that he wants to do in us and through us, you know, they're all stepping stones that have brought us to the place that we stand here today and we can say Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Saviour and no matter what we walk through and whether we have done terrible things or not made bad choices, when we come to Jesus, you know, it, it's under the blood. We confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so looking back, our perspective from where we stand today, you know, that wisdom of hindsight, they say, is 2020. 
when we look back, we can see things for how they really were. But when we're in the midst of it, it's like keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus because he's going to take you through. You know, we can feel like we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death and yet we don't stay camped there. We don't stop there. We keep walking one day at a time, one step at a time, eyes on Jesus, pressing forward. And so that way we get that God perspective on no matter what we've gone through, it's worth it to find Jesus. It's worth it to know him and to be found in him. What's being found in him? It's our salvation. It's walking in him. It's talking with him. It's relationship with him. It's walking in obedience to him. It's being in his word. It's hearing his word. It's trusting in, relying on, adhering to, clinging to taking our spiritual super glue and cleaving unto Jesus so that nothing can separate us from him and his love. It's saying, Lord, I want to be found in you no matter what my circumstances are, no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what I'm doubting. It's taking hold of his promises and of his word and saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And those promises are conditional on us walking in obedience to him. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will obey me. And I will send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth. And he'll reveal all things to you that you need to know in your circumstances. Trusting in God. And then speaking those words in faith. And it's not presumption, it's faith. He gives us that hope and our life and our joy. Uh, And he's the anchor. That draws us. He's the one that makes us stable. At times we might feel pretty unstable. Anybody? Just me? (laughs) That's it. But he's our anchor. And he's our anchor beyond the veil because he pulls us through into the very presence of God. The minute that we, we still our souls and we say, Jesus, Jesus help me. We don't have to be eloquent with our words. Sometimes it's just Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Amazing. It's putting on Christ. It's putting on the full armour of God, Ephesians chapter 6. It's changing our mindset to see from God's perspective. And when we see from God's perspective, Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, I put that in, made us alive, (laughs) Together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's the God perspective. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So if we're seated with him, we're above our circumstances, we're not under them. We're on top of them because we're seated next to our Lord and our Saviour. We have his Holy Spirit to say, now, move to the right, move to the left, stop, sit, rest in me, run, do what you need to do. But it's listening to him from that God perspective so that we don't need to fear, we don't need to panic, we don't need to run ahead of God. We're walking hand in hand with Jesus, the man from Galilee, our Lord, our Saviour. We're listening to him 
And we're saying when we see these things happening in our lives, whether it's our family or a relationship or a work situation or what, whatever, you know, Lord, what is it you're showing me? I can see what I'm seeing, but we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And when we see those things, we've got to take them through, see them, put them through our spirit and lift them to God and say, Lord, what is it you want me to see? What is it you want me to do? What is it you want me to not do in those circumstances so that we respond, that we're not reactive, we're responsive to what God is saying? And that way we have, we have the riches of Christ and his spirit and the Father God watching over us and caring for us and leading us and guiding us by his spirit in everything that we need. How incredible is that? Oh, he's good. He's really good. So if we're seated with him, we strengthen our relationship with him. And the scripture says, not my own righteousness by the law, so it's not in keeping all the law, but it's by faith in him that I may gain Christ. Another scripture says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. So whether we live or die, as long as we're in God's will, we're winners. We are winners. You can't lose when you're in Jesus. You really can't. He also says in the book of Joel, he restores us. The years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm has munched away on, the stuff that we've done that we feel like is all loss, he restores. He heals us spiritually, emotionally and physically. And his promise is that he makes all things beautiful and it's time. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, to know him. And my prayer is, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I want to live in you. I was talking with someone before the service and talking about the fact that sometimes when we're alone, we can feel lonely. But sometimes when we're alone, it can draw us into that deep relationship with God. We may be alone, but never lonely when you have God, when you can talk to him and he talks back. (laughs) When you lift your eyes to Jesus in the dead of the night, when you wake, you say, thank you, Lord, you're always with me. You never leave me. You never forsake me. Mm. Knowing him and the power of his resurrection that the Spirit of God can breathe resurrection life into things that you thought were dead in your life. That same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells bodily in you, Romans 8 11. And that fellowship of his suffering, whatever you've suffered, and I never minimise suffering because it's always according to what you're walking through. But I, when I'm going through stuff, I always think, I've not suffered to death. I'm still here. Lord, what you suffered for me, what you went through for me, that you chose to go to a cross and die the death that I deserved, that's the God perspective. 
fellowship of his suffering. That gives you a perspective of no matter what you're going through, God's got this. And if you're walking through a time of struggle, he has given you the strength to do it. His yoke is easy and his burden is light and that's when we let go of the things that are drawing us away from him because sometimes we suffer and we struggle because we're not in God's will. You might have kicked the cat on the way to work or something and <laughs> or thought bad words or have an attitude to a brother or a sister. And yet when we come back under, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. Thank you, Lord, that you saved me when I was still a sinner. Your will be done in my life. And it's not your will, Lord. It's not my will, Lord God. It's your will. And it's like we come to a place of a personal Gethsemane at times where we've got to crucify the stuff that is in us and allow God as we give it over to God, say, Lord, this is not pleasing to you and it's making me struggle. Lord, I give it to you. I crucify that aspect of my life that is keeping me away from you and keeping me away from the fullness of all you have for me. And when we come to that place, it's saying, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. I give it to you now. And you let that thing die. And sometimes we've got to do it over and over and over again. True? <laughs> yeah. So that we can be conformed to his image. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of God. You see, God's got the very best for you and he knows the beginning from the end and everything in between. And it also says, Scripture says, your light and your momentary tribulations are working an exceeding weight of glory. So it's normal that we go through stuff. It's normal that we struggle at times. It's normal that we suffer at times, but we don't stay camped at that place. We don't stay locked into that place. We keep our eyes on Jesus and we keep walking and we keep talking to him and we keep listening to him and we keep walking in obedience to what he's telling us to do because that builds character in us and it takes our eyes off of our own independence and it makes us realise that, it's good to be strong, it's good to be independent, but when it comes to the things of God, we've got to be 100% dependent on him. We've got to lean on him, rely on him, because we don't know what is ahead. All we know is what we've walked through. All we know is that God's got a plan for us. And so as God brings that transformation in our lives as we walk forward, we can say, your will... <laughs> I'm not going to stay at that place of self-condemnation, of critical spirit. And all the other non-fruit of the spirit that sometimes occur when we are under pressure. It's like that old saying, if you squeeze a lemon, what comes out? Lemon juice. But when you squeeze it in God, it comes out sweet and it's lemonade. <laughs> so when God puts us under pressure... Let the sweetness come out. 
Let us respond out of the Spirit of God, out of, out of the fruit of his Spirit within us and say, Lord, bring it on, whatever, whatever. Do you know, Vic and I, when we first started to, to really under, begin to understand God, when we first started to serve God, we used to pray together every day and um, we would say, Lord, create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. And if we're ever going to do anything that's going to take people away from you, shut us up now. And we're still talking. I think he's still talking up in heaven. I think Vic is having conversation with the Apostle Paul at the minute. (laughs) But we want to do it his way, don't we? God's way in everything. Verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also lay hold of me. Press on, that word there in the Greek means to pursue. I pursue that I may lay hold of whatever God has got for me. We're not there yet. We're not perfect. We're works in progress. But I tell you what, I'm not where I was, and you can all say that. You're not where you were, but you're not where you're going to be either. Day by day, line by line, precept by precept, here a little, there a little. And we don't change unless we're walking and unless there are things that are putting pressure on us which cause us to release those things to God and say, Lord, work in me, work through me. Because when everything's good, it's easy. But when the pressure comes, that's when we really draw into God. You know, when everything's good, it's easy to praise God. But that same spirit of praise and worship should be in us when things are going really rough. Lord, I praise you. Despite what I'm feeling, despite what I'm seeing, I'm praising you, I'm loving you, and I know that this trial too shall pass. I'm on my way through because you're taking me through. Teach me to do your will. Work in me what is good and perfect in your sight. I yield myself to you. I lay down myself so that you can work in me. You can fill me. You can strengthen me. It's making the main thing the main thing that we would be a reflection of the love of Christ everywhere we go, whatever we do. You know, it's, it's easy to be up-tempo and full of joy when everything's going well. But the test for me is when everything is looking like, as Paul said, dung, (laughs) I choose to praise God. I choose to worship God. I choose to say, thank you, Lord, that all that stuff is dung (laughs) compared to what you are and who you are and what you want to do in me and what you want to do through me. And I'm no special I'm nothing special. Every one of you can say the same thing. Every one of you. So keep going. Pursue God. Moving into your destiny, pressing on, forward motion to lay hold of that and it's being proactive and it's planning and it's strategizing just like in the book of Esther when the whole nation of Israel was going to be annihilated, all the Jews were going to be annihilated. What did she do? She went to prayer. She went to fasting. God gave her a strategy. God gave her a plan and she went. And long story short, 
God won. Because God always wins when we commit ourselves to him. He always wins. So it's seeking God for that God result in everything we're doing. God's strategy, activated by faith and motioned into action as a result of what God is showing you. Press on first and then we forget. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Hallelujah. And the Greek for forget, to lose out of your mind, remove the power of the past, to think of those things that hold you in bondage, restricting you from coming into the fullness of all that God has for you. It's losing those things from your mind. We still retain the good things, the sweet things, the beautiful memories, the relationships that have been born and birthed in God. We take those. We bring them forward with us. But those things that are rubbish, that are behind, that have the power to restrict us, to bind us, to bonsai us like bonsai plants that, you know, you can see an orange tree that's that big and it has two oranges on it because the roots have been chopped off and the foliage has been chopped off and it's not been allowed to grow to the extent that God wants it to. What is natural? Well, there is a spiritual bonsaiing that happens when we remain locked into our past when we remain in a place where those memories of the, of the past and the things that have happened to us when we've been a victim or when we've made those mistakes, it still has the same capacity to paralyse you, to bind you, to disable you. So Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. Have you ever been in a swimming race and you're just going for the finish line and you reach for that cement at the end and you're there? That's that same passion. We're reaching forward. We're moving towards God. We're saying it's not going to bind me anymore. It's a choice. It begins with a choice. Because all things, for those who are in Christ Jesus, all things are brand new. We've been reconciled to God. The old is gone. Behold, all is brand new. And as those brand new things and thoughts come into our heads, we can say, Lord, thank you. You're renewing my mind. Thank you that you're filling me with your spirit. I renew my mind with the word of God because it washes my mind. It washes my thought processes. And who's ever found you go into your word and you start to pray in the morning and all these thoughts start to come. You need to go and do the dishes. You need to go and ring someone. You need to go and message someone. Yeah, you really going to wear those shoes today? <laughs> Distractions. Casting down those strongholds, those thoughts that are against Christ. Pulling them in line with what God wants us to do. Those memories that come back, like Carolyn shared at communion. Sometimes those memories come back to remind you, you did that and you're doing this now. Forgetting those things that are behind. Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And it's a choice. It's a choice. We get to choose. And sometimes it's a choice daily, hourly.
when you choose to release, you become powerful. Because while ever those memories are holding you, you're locked in, you're impotent. Because the minute that you go to step out and do something good in God, the thought comes, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? What will they think of you? How will you be received? You're only Robin from Winky who was going to take her life. But God, God in his infinite, amazing grace reached down and plucked me out of that miry clay. And God has done so much in every one of your lives. And so on the day that I chose that I was going to end my life, I had three little girls, five and three and one, and a husband. I don't have a husband anymore. I do. He's up there. He's, he's run his race. And I chose that I was going to take my life that night. I planned it. I'd stockpiled all my pills. What good am I to them? That's what I said. But Jesus, as I reached out, Lord Jesus, if you're real and if you're there, here I am. Take my life. If you can do something with me. And in that instant, everything that had been And the plan of the enemy and the shackles that held me in deep depression, God reached down, plucked me out of that miry clay. And from that minute, from that instant, I knew life would never be the same again. And I'm not God's favourite. You are all perfectly, beautifully, wondrously made in God. And God's got an awesome plan for every single one of you. But it's letting those things go that are holding us in bondage and reaching forward for God. I can do nothing, but you can do all things. In my weakness is your strength made perfect. You hold me in the palm of your hand. And these are the things we need to be praying over each other, over ourselves every day. Thank you, Lord, you hold me in the palm of your hand. Thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Thank you, Lord, that the plans you have for me are good and not for evil, to give me a future and a hope. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. He's good. Sometimes it's releasing that forgiveness. You know that people have hurt you. Sometimes you've hurt people. You ask God to forgive you. But when you're the one that's been the victim, you've got to choose to forgive. And that sets you free. That sets you free from that prison that you built in. You see, that's another thing that bonsai is you. It keeps you locked in.
to a miniature version of who you are. So you choose to forgive. You choose to release. You choose to bless those that have hurt you, those that have wounded you. You choose to walk the higher ground in God. You choose. See, Christ's forgiveness for us was not conditional. He chose to die for us that we might live. And yet again, it's having that heavenly perspective to see where we're seated with God so that we can know that higher thinking in God that, you know, it's not difficult. Christ Jesus died in our place. His blood was shed for us so that we would have forgiveness of sins. So that the youngest child to the oldest person to the sickest person can still receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord right up until their last breath. It's amazing, this amazing grace that we walk in in Christ. But so often we get ripped off by the enemy trying to say, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. None of us does. Not one of us does. But Jesus did it for us. And that's enough for me to say, well, Lord, your word says it. I believe it. I take hold of it. And I will choose this day to follow what you've given me to do, despite what I see, despite what I hear, despite what I'm feeling. Take hold of the word of God, forgetting those things from behind and moving forward in him. Amen. God's word's amazing, isn't it? (laughs) Don't get locked into your past. Because I tell you something else, it's an ever-descending spiral into a very dark place. But Jesus came to set you free. And Jesus came to show you the light. I saw the light when I got saved. I saw the light. Literally saw the light. He's the way, the truth and the life. But he's also the light of the world. Amen? So we press forward, moving towards the goal, the upward goal, the upward calling God. It means climbing. We're running out of time. Part two next week, okay? (laughs) Just quickly. Moving towards the goal is an upward call. It means climbing. And it can sometimes be hard work. And you only got to look at a mountain climber to see how fit they are. And there's three aspects of fitness. Strength, endurance and flexibility. And we need to be able to build into our lives those three things in a spiritual sense. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armour of God. Endurance. Be patient and endure as soldiers of God. You're a soldier. Do you know that? And did you also know that you're not a sprinter, you're a marathoner? A marathoner has endurance. A sprinter puffs out after a bit. I want to run with endurance. And then the flexibility. Our greatest strength has got to be flexibility in not compromising who we are, not compromising what we know to be right in God, but adjusting here a little there a little, a little to the left, a little to the right, now forwards, now backwards, now pull up. 
to climb towards that upward call in God. Habakkuk 3.18 says it beautiful. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon mine high places. You see, God, I'm going to rejoice in you. God, you are my salvation. God, you're my strength. And you're going to equip me with feet with no arthritis, <laughs> no bones that are going to break, to walk in the high places with him. When he calls you, he equips you. It's amazing, isn't it? And Second Samuel 22, and I'm going to finish with this. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power. And he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. And he sets me on those high places. And this I love. I love it all. He teaches my hands to make war. Wow. Your hands can make war according to his will. So that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. So we only fight the fights that God brings into our lives. We don't worry about all the other stuff. And a lot of all that other stuff is forgetting what lay behind. So we can move forward in him. Amen. We can't always be climbing. There's a time where we need to rest. We can't always be resting either. Because sometimes when you rest so much, you just don't want to move. Just me. So you get to that mountain and you think, oh, I'm just going to rest here for a bit. And you look at that mountain and you say, it's nice down here. Yeah, but you wait till you get to the top. Keep moving. Take what you need for the strength you need to keep moving. Vic and I would always say, if God puts a mountain in our way, we are not going round and round. We're going to go up and up and up. In other words, confront the things that God is bringing into your life that you need to deal with. Don't go round and round the mountain. Don't fall back into old habits. Don't fall back into old ways of thinking. Keep moving in him. Keep moving forward in him. Keep reaching for him. Keep pursuing him and he will take you right through to that mountaintop. And then there's a valley because we never stop our journey in God. But those he calls, he equips. And those that he calls, he gives the strength and he gives everything that we need to keep moving in him. Because that way he gets all the glory. And that way we can just continue to praise him and thank him for everything he's doing. Amen. So what's God called you to do? And where are you at? And are you locked into things of the past? You see, we can still be locked into good things that happened in the past too. Sometimes we've had such a, we can have had such a glory time, such an answer to prayer that we can stay locked at that place of praise and worship and not keep moving. You see, God is creator God. He's continuing to create day by day. There's this forward movement in him. Sometimes we can look back and say, oh, this is how the church used to be. Look how it is now. You know, church universal. But God is creator. And I'm going to touch on that next week as well. So where are we at today? And what is God saying to you today? And what is God wanting to do in you today? Because today is the day that he's given us and we're accountable for our day today. Amen? Let's pray.
Father God, we thank you that, Lord, you are just a wondrous God. We thank you that we can talk about these things and, Lord, have that revelation from you because we know you. But there are those online and maybe some in the house today that can say, I don't know you, Jesus, like she's talking about. I don't have that personal relationship with God and I want to have that. And so our walk begins with saying yes to Jesus, accepting Jesus as Saviour and Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who would say yes to Jesus today. I pray, Father God, that as we reach out to you, Lord God, I ask that you would forgive our sins, that you would, Lord God, wash us and cleanse us of all that stuff that has caused us to be away from you. That, Father God, as we reach out to you, you would receive us as your children. They, I acknowledge today, Lord, that Jesus died for me in my place on that cross. And God, I pray for those that would reach out to Jesus today, that they would receive you today. And Holy Spirit, you would cement that work in their lives and bring them into that newness of life. Father God, I pray for those that have made that decision today. Yes, I want Jesus. I want to walk in the path he has for me. That you, Lord God, would just minister to them right at their point of need today. And Father, I pray, Lord, for those that are away from God at this time, that have felt so trapped by the things of the past, that have felt so under that rubbish of what life has been or maybe still is now, God, I pray for a shaking free, Lord God, and a pressing forward into you, that you would give them the mind of Christ for their situation, for each one of us, that we would have the mind of Christ for our situation, that we would know you through our suffering, through those trials, through the pain. And Lord God, give us that motivation to keep moving forward, to reaching into that goal of the high calling in you, that you, Father God, would just minister Yes, you can. One more time. And you might say, it's been so long and there's been so many times where I've dropped it, I've put it down. And I would say to you today, God would encourage you just to pick up that mantle one more time and move forward in all that God has for you. It begins with your choice today. I choose to do it your way, Lord. I choose to be free of those shackles that are holding me. I choose to release the past and I choose to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, forgetting what is behind, pressing forward to the upward call in the strength and the endurance and the flexibility that is mine as a child of God as I reach to you. Father, I pray you bless my brothers and sisters today. I pray, Father God, that whatever you're speaking into their hearts, Lord, they take home with them, that you would move within their lives, Father, that you would encourage them as they seek your face today, Lord God. I commit each one into your precious hands in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. 
If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. Or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 